All right, welcome to Simple Man Radio. It's back. Um, this is the fourth variation of it. It's original. was how I started in content with me and Zach Holton and Cam Smith. We did a, a weekly show, bi-weekly. Then he brought it back, and I think 2020, and it was me and different guests five days a week. I can't believe we actually tried to do that. And then we brought it back once a week with me, Justin, Danny, and Snacks. And this has been the longest hiatus, 516 days without it. So it's always kind of held a special place in my heart. So we have this new Talking Giants breakdown channel, which we're putting it on. I want to grow it um, for the breakdowns. But I also thought, like, people are interested in this stuff. And, like, we're not able to do it on Talking Giants, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and talk with about random stuff, especially in the Giants season when it's like, hey, it's all Giants all the time. Um, so bringing it back as an interview show with different people, like the second episode is going to be Danny King. We're going to talk about like the first year of talking giants and then his run, you know, him doing TMZ, like, you know, just talk about life and all that stuff. Uh, but I was going to call this guy, Sean Marash, cause I wanted to talk to him about Tiki and Joe Benino getting into it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. First episode of some man radio. I'll just bring on Marash to talk about his career, all that stuff. And Tiki and, uh, Benino. Welcome are on. You, are are you purposely saying Beningo's name wrong? Is that the catch here? I thought it was Benino. No, it's Joe Beningo, but that's great. I love. I'm, but I love I'm gonna I'm gonna keep calling it like that. Yeah. Um, what's going on? How's the new show? Too much. So you are. If people don't know you, you're on. You know the uh, Evan and Tiki WFAN's yeah. afternoon show. You guys are the what, guy without months? his name in the title. It's been going yeah. really. The guy. It's been going really well. I think. So far, so good. I mean, you know, you have your typical haters, Jet fans. Giant fans seem to like me. But, um, no, I think it's been going good. I think we're, we're gaining steam, we're gaining chemistry, and we're having fun every day. Yeah, I, I when I was up there for camp, I listened to it pretty – you know, obviously, it's, you can't listen to a full radio show, but when I was in the car, I yeah. would put it on. And I clicked it on for a little bit after I saw um, – what's it, Jimmy Traina post a clip of Tiki and Joe going at it. Yeah. But, <laughs> Um, that was that was a fun Monday, which I do want to get to football world melting um, down in New York. And it's been uh, obviously you have your relationship with Jets fans, and we'll get into all that. Um, how, I mean, how do you think like everyone else is rec- again removing like Twitter, like people within yeah. the company, like Evan, I, like this is what Evan's third different uh, afternoon show. Yeah. Um, how do you yeah. how do you think they him and Tiki like it? Like how's it no, going I, so far? I, I think everything has been positive, and I'm not just saying that as like coach speak or anything like that. The company has been extremely behind us as a show. They are even like management, our boss has been great, like really hands off. Like we haven't we're not really talking, hey, don't talk about this, don't do that. No, no, no. Um, I think it's been great. I think um we're all kind of learning each other's tendencies, which is natural in radio. As you know, I mean, think about probably your your chemistry with Justin now compared to three years ago and the difference it is. So, um, so far, I can honestly say we all haven't gotten extremely irritated with each other, which is, you know, that'll come at some point because it comes with every radio show. And then you figure that out. But uh, it's kind of very kumbaya right now, Bobby. I don't want to do too much current affairs, but have your expectations changed for the 2023 Giants? No. They haven't. I'm 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 kind of where I thought they'd be, but I also thought that they'd play a lot better versus Dallas, if not win the game. I thought they would win the game. Uh, but I still look around at the landscape of the NFC after three weeks. And for me, obviously Seattle's a big one. You could my answer could change next Tuesday morning. 
Uh, I kind of think it's the Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, and the Giants should be right there with the Seahawks and Lions as far as, you know, top teams with everybody else. But no, I overall, do I still think they're a 9-10 win team? Yes, I do. Yeah, the Seahawks game is the ultimate, like, this is going to decide how yeah. we feel about this team. They win I that think game, they're going to give a big effort. I really do. I think they're going to give a big effort and figure it out. And even if they won that game and lost to both Miami and Buffalo, especially with the Aaron Rodgers injury, you should expect four and four going into the bye. Yeah. Not, well, is, not the bye, but you know what I mean, the halfway point of the year. Yeah, which I think is, is fine. And, again, I, I think the Seahawks game really, like you said, I think it decides how you feel totally. about this team. Um, unless they, like – somehow win against one of the dolphins or the bills oh of course uh, which but but if to me if you're not being the seahawks i don't i don't forecast you being able to compete with those two teams um what i mean i gotta get to it the tiki and joe thing oh i saw that and it drove me nuts because me and you had talked about how like before the show about like oh there'll probably be some like bullshit callers who come in and be like oh tiki's not even watching the games he's doing the cbs yeah uh, broadcast and which means you guys have probably had conversations about it and i i got actually aggravated for tiki that joe brought like tried to throw that at him and you could t- you could tell it was something that like obviously it drove tiki nuts because it, it felt like like a bullshit like low blow so tiki and i said this in the nicest way possible is an extreme nerd like an extreme nerd. He loves watching game film. He loves watching tape. He doesn't just do it for work. He does it because that's generally like what he loves doing. Like it would be like, you know, us playing video games. So Tiki took this job at CBS as he continues to climb up as a football analyst, which he's in the room with coaches. He gets to do these meetings. Like it's an asset to our show that he gets to do that. But by doing that, he's not going to be doing a giant or jet game every week. But that doesn't mean he's not watching the Giants or Jets. Think about the time we come on the air. Two o'clock in the afternoon. Tiki is now getting on planes. He has a whole morning in front of him as well. I can assure you, or, you know, a lot of these primetime games with the Jets and Giants, he's watching live on tablets and on planes. He is so engulfed in it to the point where specifically on the Jet game, Jet Patriot game, I sat on my couch, watched every, every minute of it, every snap of it, as did Evan. Tiki came into the meeting room and was like bringing up things that me and Evan just blatantly wouldn't have noticed because we're not players. So to have that happen where Joe is all wound up and that's why you have Joe on, right? He's a classic old school jet fan. Our listeners are familiar with him and say, you know, you were at the commander bill game. You know, what do you know? It's just, I think Joe would like to have that one back. I, I think that they will patch things up, but ultimately you're just being clueless as far as like old school. Unless you're sitting there living and dying every moment live, you're unaware of what happened. Evan, well, I mean, uh, Tiki absolutely is engulfed in what happened. Well, is Joe admitting that when he was the host, he didn't watch the Giants games? It's a great point. When they were on at the same time? Yeah. I mean, I can't answer that for Joe. You got me <laughs> stuck in a rock and a hard place. But put it this way. I think if you listen to Joe long enough, and I grew up with Joe. You know what I mean? I, I was a longtime fan listener before I got into this. It's evident where his passion is, um, and I think that, yeah, if the games run at the same time, do I know that Joe's 100% going back and watching a giant game in full later on? I can't say that. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but yeah, I mean, when things are going on at the same time, I just, I know this, Tiki, above many people I work with, make sure the work is done as far as watching when he needs to watch before we're on the air. Well, that's the easiest part of, like, they have condensed games, and you can eat, like, and yeah, if you're watching two teams, which are the Giants and the like, that's the that's for a it'd be it'd be one thing if he had to do it, you know, 
6 a.m., right? That'd be a lot tougher ask. Right, but 100% the mid- in the afternoon. Or the afternoon show, it's it's so and, easy. And Bobby, like, I've been doing be this doing football it. today show. I watch three games in the mo- Monday morning yeah. and condensed version to get my notes on them. Yeah, so, like, I, I sit there on a football Sunday, and I have multiple TVs up. I used to do, like, five TVs. Honestly, with YouTube Sunday ticket, the way it's very clean with the multi-box now, I really only need three, like, big TVs, and I kind of just do those boxes. Uh, with, you know, the Giants and Jets and whatever the main games are on standalone with game sound. But, like, if I see something going on, I want to go back. And re- I'll go back to condensed games on my own for stuff I don't even need to talk about just out of my own interest. Tiki's just interested in doing that in general. Forget what he has to do for work. So, yeah, he's absolutely entrenched. But there is this old school mentality, and I think that's where, where, where it was, like, sensitivity with Tiki where – you know, Joe's saying that it's almost calling out Tiki's credibility on his show to his audience because think I agree. About it. That's what that. So I don't think Tiki should have walked off though. Yeah, and I think look, I think a lot of things could have been handled differently. And I think he should have just shit talked, like been like, "Weren't you the one saying you believe in Zach two, two yeah. weeks ago after having a whole season worth of watching this guy?" Like, I think talk I about to... my evaluating, like eva- evaluate your like. I, I would have gotten nasty, and maybe this is why Tiki. But I would have been like, evaluate your brain, old man. Like, w- keep flip flopping. You had a full year to evaluate this guy, <laughs> and, and here's the thing. And now you're you're acting like he's the worst ever, which he is. But two weeks ago, you were saying you were behind him. So you got to remember a couple of things here, man. Tiki and Joe actually do like each other. They have history. Tiki's been on the station long before, and then they were did a weekly spotlist. But Tiki knows that Joe is a crazy fan. Joe is also Evan's ex partner for a long time. We have Joe on every week because there is a large portion of the FAN audience, the Jet fan specifically, that loves hearing Joe after Jet game. So rather than him do a full four and a half, if you get him on for 10, 15 minutes, you're going to get the best of Joe all wound up in a Jet game in that spot. However, you know, I think that Tiki getting having to gotten to know him, which is crazy to say as a giant fan growing up the way I got to know Tiki, at his core, Tiki Barber is like a really good dude. He he just is like so kind. He will do anything for you. And where I could be a yeller and screamer, Joe is a yeller and screamer after jet games. Um, You get really wound up, pent up. Tiki's very calm and mild mannered, even when he's angry. So I think that when you really angry, anger Tiki, you saw Tiki at his angriest in that spot. It's just angry. Yeah. It's just a, I'm going to walk away before I say something stupid. I don't think he should have walked away. I think, you know, we talked about that. But he didn't want to do it, and you know you can see him if you watch it on TV. He mouths the word, you know, bullshit. You know, he yeah, because that's he, exactly what it is. that's like a, that's he, a he bullshit off. line. By he by he Joe. walked he walked out into our cafeteria. He poured himself a Dunkin' coffee, which he uh, he made a joke about after, and he just calmed himself down and relaxed. And him and Joe ultimately will be fine. They, they it it was a, ra- a classic radio rant, radio spat where I think that Joe took a low blow. It totally shouldn't have called that as credibility because it, this is still a building audience here where you don't want to cue in any jet fan to go, Oh yeah, he wasn't the commander bill games. And then they like idiots. They don't understand that Tiki is watching the games beforehand. Although I, I actually trust our audience kind of does realize that. Um, and on the flip side, I think that Tiki doesn't want to, you know, you know, cause a total war where he's just mouthing back at, at Joe and then have anybody that's so like pro Joe and, you know, beloved to Joe hate him even more either. So, um, yeah, it's just whatever. It was good radio in the end, but I think both guys could have handled it differently, but at the expense of good radio, it, it ended up being a great moment too. So I, I'm caught. I was so caught Bobby in a moment of, I know Joe Tiki's my co-host and I also know good, <laughs> good radio as a fan uh, I kind of loved all of it and hated all of it at the same time. Yeah, I'm. Then I, I so it's funny because 
I was watching the clip and and once Joe said I was like, Oh, that's that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah. And then Tiki leans back and mouths, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh and I texted you immediately. I was like, dude, that's that's fucked. Yeah. Um throws the earbuds out. It was yeah, it, it was wild, man. So I, again, I don't think Tiki should have walked i think he should have should talk back but like you said that's what makes tiki, tiki. Not, he's, he's exactly like a, he's, it's what makes tiki great is that he's not that kind of person i think that's a good thing um what's so two months in what's the thing that you've two-part question what's the thing you've enjoyed the most about the new show and and hated the most mm. well what i've enjoyed the most is definitely i mean this is very personal um, I'm not exhausted. I was doing morning radio for a long time. Well, yeah, I love to you, not just like I don't. I don't want to hear Evan's favorite parts. So if I want no, to like uh, I love being able to watch primetime football and not sit there and have like the halftime Sunday night football going. Oh my god, I get up at five hours. Um, it's a very enjoyable lifestyle in terms of hours. I get home at like seven forty, usually eight o'clock at night, but I'm not like rushing to bed. I have you know whatever the mornings I get to spend with my kids feed them breakfast, get them to daycare, have some of that. Um, and then Sunday footballs have been great, man. Like there's no quick turnaround for me. Like I'm not doing work till, you know, around one o'clock on a Monday. Uh, it gives me plenty of time to just kind of, uh, you know, condense everything. What I least enjoyed, pro- probably the commute. Like I, th- so the flip around is when you work morning radio, you fly into work in, in Manhattan. So obviously we're based in Manhattan. So Long Island guy, I am this Jersey guy, you know what I mean? when you got to be at work at five, five fifteen in the morning, you wake up at four, you're there in 45 minutes. Now, like I'm going to wrap this interview and it's basically like an hour and 25 minutes by the time I'm taking a train in a subway. I just, I hate commuting into the city. It's just an hour and a half in. Well, I mean, it depends. Like it's really like 50 minutes on a long Island railroad train. Then if I walk up on Penn station and the one train isn't there, that's what you have to take that door studios. And it's like another eight minutes. You know what I mean? There's just, you're playing planes, trains and automobiles to get to work when you work in these hours. I at my core, I do not like train, like public transportation is not my thing. I hate it. I hate being around people like that. Um, I just, I don't know. I find it very inconvenient to get to and from work, but the lifestyle is still better. Are you getting recognized more? Yeah. Uh, and I say this in the humblest way possible. It's, it's almost growing weird in a way, weird in a good way. Like I'm happy people are saying hello, but like every single day now, like every single day, the supermarket target, uh, I went to uh, Old Dominion concert at UBS. It was every time I went to the bathroom, somebody's like patting me on the back because I'm at the urinal. Um, it's, it's cool. It's, it's humble. Like the people I'm with, like in my circle, whether it's my wife or my sister or whatever, they're almost like, what is going on? Like, cause to them, it's just not a big deal. You know what I mean? Like I go to and from work and I do this, but every day I'm recognized now it's, it's kind of wild. No nasty interaction yet. One was close. So you have a lot of keyboard warriors that will say they hate you on Twitter or whatever. And then you realize it's such a small scale for the amount of people that actually listen to you when they see you in person. Like, oh, wow, you're him. However, are largely like the biggest pussies in the world. Are the people right. And who knows? Some of the movie and I've been asked to take pictures and I'm very kind. Whatever. I, you know, I find it's awesome. Great. That's cool that you, you, you are listeners. I think that's awesome that you, you know, come up to me. I'm a regular dude. However, I went food shopping with my kids last weekend. Um, And it was like this little like carnival type thing outside the store. The store is Stu Leonard's. It's like a whatever it's like a kind of a gourmet place but they have like fire trucks and bounce houses my kids are like daddy so whatever i have them doing all this stuff this guy comes up and he had his kids 
And all he does is he kind of turns his head, he looks at me, and he just goes, huh, it's fucking Moorish. And then just kept going. So it didn't get nasty, but I could tell, like, if you liked me, I don't think that would have been the way you said it and kept moving on with your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that was, guy was definitely like someone who like was trying to work up to say something and then realized he couldn't. Realized, like, right, I'm not going to say something in person, but I don't like you. I'm going to acknowledge that I know who you are, but I don't like you. So that was the closest thing I got. Everything else is, can I take a picture, love you, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's cool. That's pretty cool. How do you feel about your rivalry with Jets fans? <laughs> I almost hate that Aaron Rodgers is out for the year that I feel like this rivalry is going to die down the moment the giant jet game ends. Um, We saw it all coming. Like the whole, like, Oh, we're behind Zach. It's like, of course the locker room is crumbling. Robert Sala yesterday. You could already hear what's going on with him. But look, the bottom line is this for a long time. Well, for as long as I can remember WFAN and the giants are synonymous WFAN and the Yankees are synonymous. But on the flip side, if you go up and down the full-time roster, uh, of WFAN hosts, and this was told to me by my boss, and even Evan brought it up. There has not been a full-time Giants talking personality, daytime part, Monday through Friday in the fans since Sid Rosenberg left. And that is well over 15 years ago. So I'm the first, you know, Tiki's obviously an ex-player. He watches the team, everything like that. But I'm the first, like, Giant fan. Of so with that... I think there's a little culture shock to Jet fans. At the same time, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers and have all this hype, whether it's Beningo or Craig was a Jet fan. Evan's a big Jet fan. BT is a Jet fan. Um, Sal is a Falcon fan. Gio is a Viking fan. But like, there's always been like a warm, I call it the warm bosom for Jet fans has been WFAN. They haven't had to deal with Giant fans. And I honestly think, and I think this is part of why the podcast Giant world has grown, including you guys are talking Giants. I think Giant fans have been turned off for many years on sports radio because when it comes to football season, yeah, they'll get a taste, but they don't have anybody they can relate to. You know what I mean? Like they tune in and WFA still had monster ratings for a long time, but there's got to be a core Giant fans going, all right, I still love my WFM, but I have to go somewhere else for Giants talk. Um, I'm I, And I'm hoping that me and Tiki are bringing some of that back, but I think that is rubbing Jet fans the wrong way. The fact that now there's pro-Giant stuff, and not only is there pro-Giant stuff, I'm not going to sit there and let bouquets be thrown at the Jet fans' feet when they're undeserved, which I felt a lot of this offseason was. And by the way, it's coming true now. Aaron Rodgers is out. Do we think Aaron Rodgers was taking this team to the Super Bowl? Now that you see the way the rest of the team looks with Zach Wilson, we're finding out they were a little overrated. I think Jet fans have been annoyed by that, but there's that's okay. I don't think it has to be life and death. That has to be a bloodbath. But yeah, sorry that I'm here to mix it up a little bit and not just let WFN be a comfort hotline for Jet fans constantly. When you put out a tweet, though, are you like, okay, here comes all the quote tweets and a million mentions? Okay. There are times, Bobby, and you know this, because you and I are cut from similar cloths like this. I'll literally be on the throne. I'll be I'll be going to the bathroom, pants around the ankles with my phone out, and I'll be scrolling. To, I'll see something you know funny or like a, something jet will pop in my mind, and I will literally tweet something going, "I believe this, and I know this is going to anger people." because they can't stand hearing the truth when it comes to the Jets. Some of my best Jet tweets that irritate people have happened while I've been, you know, going number two on the bathroom. Is and it, I'll just there, let it sit there for three hours and watch my app mentions pop up. I'm going to your Twitter profile. I'm just searching Jets. Um, I'm going to go to your Jets. most recent one. Let's, I just, I just want to read some 
It would be so just to suck this year, be in position for Fran. Okay. So the one about not drafting your quarterback. I just don't get the responses of like attacking the Giants for that. Like deal with your yeah. own team. Like, um, it's like you're obviously well, oh, well, Bobby, this is the other part of this, man. Whenever I get that from Jet fans, they'll go, they're the first to say, shouldn't you be worried about your crappy Giants or something like that? First of all, do I not have the ability to both be worried about the Giants when they suck and have a Jet thought? Number two, I am working for WFN in New York where I'm also paid to have opinions on both teams. Yes, they want me to be a Giant guy. I'm a Giant fan there. But I'm also supposed to be pretty well read on the New York Jets and have opinions on them too. Like that is my job. So I have the ability to both worry about both. Yeah, I I, I enjoy watching the the Aaron. So the Aaron Rodgers one, I it's hard for me because it was funny. Like the video of you just smiling, you didn't say anything. Oh, when I, I could also see wing. if I was a Jets fan, that one driving me nuts. Um, oh, no doubt about it. And look, in context, because that's a video that went semi-viral and jet fans like hated me for it, saying i laugh at injuries and everything like that let's be real about something at truth be told when i saw aaron Rodgers, i started filming because my buddy chris is a jet fan he's got a fresh aaron Rodgers jersey he invited me over i wasn't anti-rooting for the jets i mean i love laughing at them but when he walked out of the tent and they said you know the x-rays are negative i actually like an idiot didn't think it was an achilles I figured it was like a, a in the middle of that Tiki and Evan had texted me. Tiki thought it might have been a Liz Frank. I figured he'd be out like four to eight weeks. So I didn't know it was going to be season ending when I bit into the wing. And I mean, you're hearing Joe Buck say he's questionable return. I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. But Jet fans, they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to melt down. And I get it, right? Your, 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 your hopes and dreams of everything you just built for all offseason got taken from you. Do you need my fat face eating a wing as Joe Buck announces that? No. But guess what? It was good content, and I don't care. With rate, you mentioned ratings. Yeah. Are you like the first book of a new show? Obviously, you're going to be tuned, but is a little part of you like a little sad that K is leaving FM and it's just like it's not even a battle anymore? I'm more nervous. Like, don't you, you want to just like have someone to just try and beat up on? Totally. So, totally. However, I will tell you like there's certain things that go into like your contract and radio. Uh, there's certain like ratings, bonuses and all of that. And a lot of that isn't just predicated on beating the Michael K show or ESPN. It's, you know, you're beating up music stations and stuff like that. So like, it's not as sexy to the public, but we're still at our own ratings wars with different stations that, by the way, like I'm still getting new to this rating part of this. Cause I came from national radio. So like, I'll learn all that. So yeah. Like, would it be fun to say like, Oh yeah, we're always beating the Michael K show or something like that. Sure. But you know, I still need to worry like, financially there's still a lot riding on us beating other stations that just the public wouldn't care about that being said i could make the case and this is where i was going to say nervous is the wrong word like there's probably more pressure on us now because the you know espn pulling the fm signal like you don't want to lose the espn and then they pull their fm signal and basically they end on top like they pulled the fm signal but if they still had it you never got a chance to beat them like there could be technically more pressure on us the next calendar year to make sure we beat them and end so, like that. So is when does when do when is ESPN pulling the FM signal after this year? Uh, well, so, I, you know so what, be, like January. Actually, now that you say that, you're catching me blind. I thought maybe at the end of next year, but maybe it is the end of January. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. Let's see if I can. Uh... I want to say it's the end of 2024, but maybe I'm wrong. News. 
uh, ditching. Oh, August, August, 2024. So you still, okay. So you got, you got basically the fall and spring books are the main ones to beat them. But like, think about it, Bobby, like, you know, I mean, that, that doesn't look good for us. If we lose to them in the fall and spring and then they pull their FM signal, we never have a chance to beat them with the FM. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But it's all like, to me, I find it fun. I find it fascinating. I'm, I'm an illiterate idiot when it comes to like, I still have to like understand truly how like the like, how do you even figure this out? The age, the age demographics, the ratings, like uh, you know, you just see charts and graphs and numbers. Like at my core, I don't even know how that stuff's even really figured out. Yeah, um, I'm a nerd for that stuff. So yeah, like when I like I like I understand like, oh, what the numbers yeah. are and the shares are, but how they even get to those numbers. I mean, a lot of that stuff is just look, dude. I talk football. I make fart jokes. That's like you know, well, you just tell me if I'm doing good or not. Basically, that's where I lie. How long, how often do you talk or listen or even listen to uh to DA and their crew? I try to listen every single day. Really? Every every single day. I miss those guys. Um that you know what? Like I talked about the commuting, the worst. I you know, those are some of my best friends. We were in a text chain. As a matter of fact, they're still blowing up my phone. We're in a text chain every single day. Um now, am I up at six AM listening to them? No. But will I throw it on? Sure. Like there, there's times I'm, um, like pelotoning, doing my bike workout. And I'll have Boomer and Geo on the TV in front of me, and I'll have on my, uh, you know, Odyssey app playing, and I'll have both going. Just because I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm missing anything either. I was a part of something for so long, and if something new happens, and all of a sudden they're talking about it, it's like I have no idea what's going on. So every day I, I check in. I know there's a lot of voices on that show. Have they like added someone new or are they just kind of living with what they, what they already had? I haven't added anybody new yet. They were just living with what they have. So are they, I, do, I don't know. Does, I don't know does what the DA want to. I think so. I, are I you going to judge so. him harshly? Like every day? Like, listening? of course, okay. of course you think, you think Don Mattingly didn't judge Tino Martinez every day. Of course. That's true. I'm trying to think of like someone like small that we could get in there. So how did you get into radio? Because like we've talked about stuff. Like I only like I don't even know your your I know you were at DA for a long time. How did you originally get into radio? So when I went to go to college, I went to Suffolk Community College, small I never even took my SATs. I just knew I was gonna go to community college. This is like so perfectly me. Because I saw you tweeting out the Kevin James meme, which is just so funny, where you actually tweet out like what actually happened on King of Queens. Oh, I love King but of this, Queens. That's my favorite sitcom of all time. So it was one of my favorite sitcoms too. The other one I loved was Everybody Loves Raymond. Everybody loved Ray Romano in that show was a newsday sports reporter that lived on Long Island. And for some reason, like I was a huge sports fan, clearly, Giant fan, Yankee fan, Rangers, Nets, whatever. Watching that sitcom growing up, I'm like, oh, this is a Long Island guy writing for sports and newspapers. So, like, I got the idea to go to college from this from watching Everybody Loves Raymond. Like, that was my goal. I wanted to be Ray Romano. So I went to the community college, not even kidding, to do, like, newspaper stuff. I was the sports editor there and everything. Um, then I transferred to SUNY Old Westbury, which is another Long Island school. And they have, instead of just a journalism degree, it's media and communications. So you have to take some radio stuff some TV stuff to go with the print journalism stuff. And obviously I grew up on WFA and I loved listening to it. But to me, that almost felt like it was like too celebrity, like, like, Oh, that will never happen. But I could write newspapers. Like who did I know that worked in radio? Um, and I had to take my first radio class and I'll never forget. Joe Manfredi was the first teacher. was like, he thought my voice was unique sounding. He thought like I was just very energized and everything. And he told me, he's like, I'm just going to tell you, you're taking a class. I think you should come by the radio station. I think there's something here. He goes, and I'm just kidding. He dropped the line. He goes, and I know you're focused on the journalism stuff, but newspapers are dying. You know, radio and digital content isn't. I was like, this was like 2009, 10, whatever it was. I was like, okay, 
cool. I'll do it. And then I loved it. He gave me an hour sports show and I was doing college radio. And I'm like, I, I was always somebody that like thumbed my nose at joining clubs. You know what I mean? Like I thought I was too cool for it. I was like, well, I'm in the radio stuff now. So to graduate, I did some TV and everything. You need an internship, right? Like we all had this stuff pounded out. I, uh, I got hired as an intern at News 12, but my wife and my dad were like, why don't you try to be an intern at WFA? And I'm like, they'll never hire. They only hire people from Syracuse or whatever. I end up Facebook messaging Al Dukes, Boomer and Carton producer at the time, now Boomer and Geo. He answered me and gave me Eddie Scazzeri, who works on the show's email. Eddie Scazzeri was handling interns at the time. I had like three weeks till they were going to hire fall interns for 2010. Um, I get into the interview room. I interview with Eddie Scazzaria. I was just happy just to see the WFA in studios. I thought he'd never hire me. Um, there were like multiple, multiple candidates that interviewed for this internship from much bigger colleges than I was. They hire seven interns. They call me and I made the cut. They just thought I interviewed well and everything. I'm like, this is wild. So when you intern at WFAN at the time, you have to work a night shift, like a midday shift and an early morning shift. I got a, uh, like a Monday more, a Tuesday morning shift with Boomer and Carton. So I got to appear on the air with them a couple times. I had a Thursday night shift, which ends up being critical to my career, which I'll get to in a second. And a Saturday afternoon shift where I was like basically watching college football, Bob Usler all day. The Thursday night shift is critical because as the internship's going on, I'm paying like attention to doing work. You're basically cutting audio highlights for update anchors like Jerry Recco and everything, you know, uh, basketball games on a football games on, you know, the highlights you would hear in updates. Thanksgiving comes around and your internship has like three weeks left. The Jets are playing the Bengals Thanksgiving night, 2010. Jerry Recco, the day or the Tuesday morning I was working when I brought up, I'm like, should I show up on Thursday night's Thanksgiving or whatever? And he says, have they offered you a job yet? Uh, are they planning on hiring? I'm like, nah, nobody's really said anything. I thought my internship would end. He's like, don't worry about it. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. My dad goes, goes, you got to show up. You got to finish this thing out and do it, whatever. So I decide Thanksgiving, I'm skipping dinner. I'm going into work. Jets are playing. Turns out the guy, the person who's in charge of like cutting the highlights, the tape op, they called them, um, decided that night they were going to quit. They were not going to show up. They were quitting in a couple weeks and they were not going to miss Thanksgiving dinner for a job. They were going to quit. So they had nobody there to do Jets highlights and all the Jets postgame sandwich would have been Rex Ryan postgame, all of that for what was going to be a busy Friday morning. Because remember, the Jets are good in 2010. Yeah, I'm there. I know how to do it because I've been doing all of it. So I just run it all myself. There's nobody in the newsroom but me because I showed up. The Monday after that happened, I got called in the back offices. Mark Chernoff was the boss at the time. He's like, you came in on Thanksgiving night as an intern. Nobody was here but you. It was a Jet game. You know, you had everything. And he offered me a job. And offered me part-time when my internship ended. Cutting highlights, doing all that stuff, and eventually running the board. Like, I would run the board for Tony Page overnights. And... From that point on, it was like January 2011, right when the Giants were playing the Niners in the NFC Championship game, uh, that first Super Bowl run. Oh, no, I guess it was the year before. I ended up being the tape op, Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers beat the Steelers. Grew from there, board opping and everything, and the rest was kind of history. And then CBS Sports Radio, I was still part-time. I was putting together working at Subway, making sandwiches, while doing that three days a week, doing like tape op stuff three days a week, or running the board. Then... 2012 comes around and we get wind that our company is going to launch CBS sports radio. Our associate pr program director, Eric Spitz liked me, knew me from behind the scenes and just basically kept my head straight. I interviewed with DA. He was going to give me a job one way or another. I'm, I'm sure at CBS sports radio. 
But I got in the room with DA. DA liked my personality, hired me as a producer. We were going to be the overnight show on CBS Sports Radio when it launched. And in 2013, January 2013, I had my first full-time job in radio as an overnight producer for the DA show. And then from there, me and DA had a relationship where we moved time slots and my on-air career grew from there. They let my personality shine in the air and the rest is history. So you kind of went through a traditional, like, climb the ladder, work your way up. Now, as yep. media gets more untraditional, right? Yeah. Like, you know, people like us um, at talking, like, you know, I don't have, a, I don't have a degree in anything. You know, I right. started no, as but a digital, hobby. If your digital content is good, it, you got to remember that was not as big in 2010. Well, you know what I mean? As things change and when you got, when WFA was making all the lineup changes and stuff. Something obviously, I couldn't. I, I'm not interested in all the four sports. I couldn't do the four sports all the time, and I sure. wouldn't be able to just be casual with the Giants. But someone like Chris the Entertainer, right? Who's like a YouTube. Like, I think he would kill it on radio. Like, and he has the, like, he has the 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 pedigree and the resume of like, hey, I I talked about all four teams or all four yeah. sports before. Um, do you think maybe WFAN because there's so many people have been working overnights and stuff to get in there. But do you think that there is a way for guys like him to absolutely like, get opportunities? I'll, like, I'll like, tell you, there's a perfect example on the WFAN roster part-time right now. And that's CP, the franchise. Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. Okay. So he's like the entertainer for the Knicks. He basically developed his own YouTube content, reacting to Nick games or whatever, grew it to the point where like, he became like a go-to Knicks. He would do it after every single Nick game. Think about it, we're doing football stuff. Like his own post-game stuff, he eventually would go live on YouTube. And he would get like a ton of viewers where people were going more to him than MSG. And now he's doing some part-time stuff for us hosting. Like This is all very recent in the last year or so. But yeah, like our, our program director now, Spike Eskin, is like amazingly forward-thinking in new school with that. Where... There's a part of me as a traditionalist where I go, I climb the ladder. Everybody should climb the ladder. But you know what? Talent is talent. And it's a lot to go through school and do all this other stuff. And CP, the franchise, I think is great at what he does. Uh, and, you know, obviously he's going to be always Knicks first and foremost, which is a place for, but he's a giant fan, everything else. It's forward thinking. There's definitely a place in the world for a guy like the entertainer um, and others. Like it just, it, it is a whole new world out there. Yeah, because I, I just like because when that was happening, I was I was actually talking with Chris about. It. I was like, man, I just I was like, you be you kill it on radio. Like he's kind of perfect for radio. I and think he, he's very he good. I think his voice radio is with, too. Yeah. with you know his live streams and he's able to do it solo too, yeah. which I think is really tough and shows you know what you can do. You he know, has the perfect. He has like the perfect New York, New Jersey, like not overly accent, but accent that like I don't know. I like his voice a lot. I think it plays. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, I like obviously we like Chris, and he's he's scaled back a little bit, but I think like if he got the opportunity to do something, I'm not saying he's gonna, you know, get the overnight job. I guess you know what you guys got did get McPherson from us. Um, yeah, so I guess, as I said, that's a Spike thing, man. Like Spike is really, really good about not just thinking of in the traditional realms of putting people on the air. He still will, but he he look talent is talent, man. Like he, you know, it's like think about it like a GM putting together a roster. You know what I mean? Like wherever you can find talent, you find it. Why did the last question? Why did you call for the public to punch Keith McPherson in the face? That is not what happened. I said <laughs> Keith is a cowboy fan. Um, he showed up to MetLife Stadium, which he has every right to do in his cowboy gear as the Cowboys were kicking our ass. And all I said was when you film, when you're in an opposing stadium, 
which Keith was in enemy territory and a team, your team is winning. When you film sad fans walking out and are taunting them, I said, that is the kind of behavior that leads to people getting punched in the face at games. That didn't mean somebody, by the way, I've acted like a jerk in opposing stadiums and I'm sure I've, and I said this, I've been um, in spots where I probably could have got punched in the face. So I wasn't saying somebody go punch Keith. I was just merely pointing out that that is the behavior as we are dealing with this, you know, new world where everybody's got a phone out and fights are being filmed. Just let's not act stupid at games. That's all. Did you guys talk about that on the show? We still have not. Uh, There's stuff behind the scenes. I did. uh, I I heard that Keith was upset with that. I did reach out to him and I will just say that we still need to talk more. That is the way I will leave it. Do it on air. Do it on air. I think we should. I I did get realm that he's still calling me more ass on air. So he's definitely not happy. with. That's a good one. That's That's, very original. Uh, (laughs) Maybe I'll start calling him Keith McWeirdson. I don't know. I need to come up with something funny when you're calling me more. Something that's just like really bad and just because it'll probably drive him nuts. Yeah. Um. All right. Appreciate you jumping on first first episode of the Volume Four Simple Man Radio. This surely will not last long as no iteration of Simple Man Radio has lasted long. (laughs) You always you always be a part of the start. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate it, Bobby. Take care, everyone. Stay simple. That's how I use the end. Stay simple.